Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and I am this man here. This guest today is actually a man after my own heart. Um, he, I think we're going to cover a lot of similar ground, but I think it's really timely based on what's happening today. It is April 1st. It's, it's April Fool's Day under other circumstances, <laughs> but I think under this podcast, we may actually get some nice path forwards for the new normal. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He's, he and his wife, they are living in a 39-foot RV. We got to ask him why they named it Theo, so he'll tell us about that. But he travels full-time while he makes money on the go. And he's also so persuasive, his son now also works and lives in his own RV. So this is catching if your own kids can follow what good old dad is doing. So we're going to talk about his life-inspiring life journey, how he went from owning seven-figure businesses, over 100 properties, to bankruptcy, homelessness, only having $100 in his bank account before rebounding to his current more intentional lifestyle, Tim has over 25 years' experience as a coach as well for business owners, executives, and leaders. You can also listen to to him on his Seek Go Create podcast. He is also finishing his first novel, so we've got to hear more about his novel when that comes out and learn more about this nomadic lifestyle this gentleman's leading. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Tim Winders to the podcast. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. It's great to be here and good to join you on this on this April 1st. No fooling, right? No fooling. I mean, we can't – it says uh, you're supposed to live and have the heart of a child, but there's no pranks today, so a lot of people are sad. And uh, was it canceled? Did they actually cancel that since everything else seems to be canceled right now? <laughs> it's so hard you can't be elaborate <laughs> with your pranks because you're home. You can't even go out the house. You can't even toilet paper someone's house because toilet paper's needed. <laughs> yeah, you have to prank from home while you're locked in and not not able to go anywhere, right? <laughs> we haven't had enough time. We've been under lockdown here. I'm in Atlanta or outside Atlanta for those that live in Atlanta. And we've been down for about three weeks, so I don't think we had enough time to do virtual pranks yet. We just didn't have enough time to prepare for it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't either. I'm in an RV, but I'm still – I'm on lockdown also. I'm just on wheels. Yes, yes. So we were talking about you living on a 39-foot RV, and we can go back in time. You know, when I was seven years old, I thought I was going to be on an RV and all that, which is great. I, I do want to hear that. Uh, where are you in the United States? And what we've, what I've seen, at least national news, every state is different. And so I'm in Georgia, and you are not. So if you can give us kind of a blow-by-blow blow, uh, status update of what's happening where you are. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. We are currently in Colorado. We're just south of Colorado Springs. We came here a few months ago, shortly after the beginning of the year, because our first granddaughter, our first grandchild was going to be born. It's granddaughter. She's now eight weeks old, and so we wanted to be here because we're mobile and we can. We we came here, and of course, as this year has progressed, it is be- become tougher and tougher to move around. And the state of Colorado, similar to many other states, was a place that uh, they were really watching things early on, and they started recommending that people stay inside. And And we are currently under a, I, I guess it's a legal 
stay-at-home order that you could be fined if you're out uh, non-essential, I believe. So, so we are, I think, similar to what most other people are right now, and it's, and it's, and it's a legal stay-at-home. Yeah, and here in, in Georgia and the surrounding cities, I think it became legal a week ago. So okay. before, uh, human nature is what it is. <laughs> and so I, I know myself included, even though I didn't do it, so don't throw eggs at me. I was planning to leave Georgia and go to Florida to go to the beach <laughs> before ah. all this kind of happened. But I, I wasn't on the news for sure. <laughs> so I'm still here and I paid attention to the to the, to the climate. You know, it decided not to do right. that. So, yeah. well, there there are actually a number of people that do what we do, and I'm as, as I'm sitting right here, I'm in my office, which is in the passenger seat of our motor coach, and I'm looking out, and I see probably six to eight other RVs, motorhomes, uh, fifth wheels, and there are some people moving around. I have noticed some people that have come into this RV location in the last few days. But this would typically be the time of year where people would be piling into a place like this. Uh, there's a park that's not far from here that is actually closed and not allowing anyone in. And this weekend I spoke to a gentleman that he came down from Denver. We're a couple hours south of Denver, and he just wanted to get out of the house. And, and they, he couldn't go to the park, so he came to this RV. This is a private RV-owned facility. So they are definitely going to be struggling with their business, but there is a little bit of activity going on, if that gives you a little bit of a snapshot of what's going on. It does. It, and first and foremost, congrats on the granddaughter. Thank you very much. Yes, that's a game changer. That's, that's an exciting, exciting time, and we're just now starting to see how it impacts us. And God bless your granddaughter because whenever she gets in trouble or she's in those terrible teens, her mom's going to remind her, you know, I had you during the coronavirus. <laughs> you better pay attention to me. <laughs> Yeah, there'll be some stories to tell. I mean, we're actually extremely thankful that she was born in early February because had, and I, and I know that there are people that are going through this, had the birth occurred around this time, you know, with what's going on with hospitals and the medical staff just really being, really being pressed, you know, it, it, it could have, it would have happened, but it would have been more challenging. Yeah, it's really interesting, and in, in, in some of the previous podcasts, there's always the conversation about there's no accidents, there's no such thing as coincidence, like they happen for a reason, and I was just thinking prior, I think we probably set this up maybe a month, a month and a half, two months ago, and it just would have been great to hear your story, which we're going to get to, but I think it's so apropos today to talk to you because of the lifestyle you live, and it's to many people, it may be outside the comfort zone, and we find ourselves globally, most people find themselves outside of their comfort zone. And so I, I want to go back a little bit into you were, and I, I think you still are a business coach. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I've, I've really somewhat been a coach all my life. I always wanted to be a coach. I think it's what I was designed and created to be. And when someone really asked me what my 
primary gifting is, I will tell them it's reaching inside people and pulling out the greatness or pulling out what was there at creation and pulling it out and helping it come to fruition. So coach would be the first thing that I usually say that I am. Okay. And so as a coach, I mean, in the, in the intro, I talked about owning seven-figure businesses, over 100 properties. Um, what comes with that is usually a sense of, of – uh, accomplishment, of course, you need to be acknowledged for that, but also uh, probably for a family unit of uh, stability and I'm going to have this house, especially you live uh, in Georgia, so you probably, or were you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, was it, yeah, this is a great life and, you know, probably at that time, my 39-foot RV was the furthest from your mind. Yeah, and it, you know, had you, probably like a lot of us, actually everyone listening to this, had we said two, three months ago that you would be experiencing what you're experiencing today, we would have all said, you're crazy. I can't believe that the entire country would be on lockdown. And also, so there's, there's that right now, just that everyone is being placed in an uncomfortable situation. But yeah, if we, if we back up and go to the, you know, the early 2000s when we were building our real estate business in the Atlanta metro market, by the way, we were buying three, four, sometimes five houses every month. We were putting a company in place. And then we started a coaching business that we were nationally coaching and training real estate investors to do what we were doing. And then had another, another business that was lead generation. So we, at the peak, which the peak would have been right around 2008, we had over 100 pieces of real estate, mostly single-family homes on the eastern side of the Atlanta metro area. And, and we had a coaching business that was seven figures. We had a lead generation business that was approaching that. And I think the valuation of the real estate would have been a little over $15 million at that time. And, you know, we all know now what happened in 08. We have hindsight. We have the ability to look back on it. We thought we were prepared as a coach that was coaching people all over the country. I could see it. I could see what was happening, and we were preparing for it, but we never – saw the extent of what went on. We didn't, we didn't see the length of it. We didn't see the depth of it. And we didn't really see the government getting involved like they did to prop up certain industries, help industries out. And so, and, and we were living, I mean, I, I have to share, we were in a 6,000 square foot home out, uh, out at the lake in the, between Atlanta and Augusta. And, you know, we had a Ritz-Carlton in our neighborhood. So we, we probably thought we had arrived and we were in good shape, and just a few years later, we were we were leaving that home, had most things that we own in a Honda van, and we began traveling, and we were nomads, homeless, whatever word you want to use. So that was that was the extent of that of that story, and there's obviously much more to that, but very you know highs and extreme lows with all of that, and extremely humbling, no doubt. Absolutely, which brings to mind two immediate questions. One is I want to get your take on the statement that if you live long enough, you get to experience or you get to see things happen twice, right? And then the second part of that question is since you were talking real estate, I wanted to get your two cents on the whole Grant Cardone if you're even watching that space now because there is – well, I, don't, I can't think of an industry that's not disruptive or has been disrupted – but uh, real estate has definitely taken a hit for sure. So I wanted to get your take on both of those questions. 
Yeah, let me let me go ahead and address the real estate. And I have clients that are still in the real estate industry, by the way. I'm not as active myself in acquisitions and managing and overseeing properties, but I, I still work with clients. And just a couple of quick things that I could say that, that have occurred is one client is a uh, – He's got a background as an appraiser, but he teaches and trains people how to buy properties, and he uses an approach that is really valuation-heavy. And we had an event scheduled for this, the end of this month that's coming up. And, of course, the first thing we had to do was cancel that event and, and make it virtual and make changes. And so that wasn't specific to real estate, but it was specific to that industry. And then another client, it is just really, really a struggle what's going on with them. They are actually in the uh, short-term rentals, the vacation rental space. And anything in that travel industry is just taking a beating. And it's interesting. I've, I've been working with this client for a number of years, and we would often, as a coach, we would often have the conversation what if we experience a downturn and we experience a 10% reduction in business, a 20% reduction in business, and a 30% reduction in business? Well, this is a, a, they're based in, in Florida, along the coast in Florida, and, and April, March, April, that's their spring breaks. And then June, July is their prime time because people from the southern U.S. drive down when their summer vacations are. And really 80% of their annual revenue comes during that time. So they were able to get one, maybe one and a half weeks in, in March. And then the cancellation started because we can kind of go back on the time frame. And we are right now in survival mode. I mean, we are doing everything we can to be proactive with the cleaning of the properties, be proactive with reaching out to the owners of properties that they manage. And, and I'll tell you, there's, there's going to be some ripples that it is very difficult to predict. Now, the, the, what we're hoping for is that obviously that they can flatten the curve that we can shorten this, you know, the disease that's going around so that we can attempt to get back to normal. But I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm very optimistic from a spiritual standpoint. I believe that things are going to be okay, and I'm sure we'll probably even get into that, the psychology and, and mindset of, of what's happening. But I'm also an engineer by training. I'm very practical. I'm a business person. And we are, we're going to be in for some interesting times, and I don't think there's an area of our economy that is not going to be impacted in some way with, with what we're seeing. And, and, and again, I believe we're going to be okay, but I also think we need to go in with our eyes wide open and be prepared for it and start thinking about what are the things that we can do to, uh, to lessen the damage and, and to attempt to thrive in, in not just to survive but thrive during these times. Yes, absolutely, Tim, and we'll definitely get to the spiritual practice because I think we're on. I think we will both agree that those that have that background uh, or those beliefs uh, are the ones that are actually going to, like you said, thrive once this changes uh, during this reset. But before going into that, I did want to. You were talking about your friend that's an appraiser and they do vacation rentals because I think you're directly impacted with this as well. Uh, on the news and online, there, there's been discussions of. Um, people, uh, snowbirds in this case, where they wanted to get away from New York because of all the madness happening at 
uh, quote-unquote ground zero there. So they were going to vacation homes or their own vacation homes in, in Massachusetts or Florida, what have you, in Hawaii. But now those states are telling them to self-quarantine and you know, as soon as they get there. So that's impacting should they leave their primary residence as well. And I believe as a, as a nomad, you guys would experience that going around the country also. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is just something, I mean, I'm, I don't have a challenge sharing this. I'm 56 years old and, and I have heard, you know, grandparents talk about living through depression and, and we've lived through some cycles and some interesting things in our lives. You know, we've, we've all probably every, every person listening in, you know, recalls nine 11 where they were, they recall some of the things that went, went on in 2008. Maybe there's some people who remember the downturn in 87 or the dot com bust and some other things like that, the seventies gas lines, but we're in uncharted territory. We have no idea what this is like and what you just brought up is indicative of it in that as a country we are not used to being told you can't move around that is just not in our dna in fact in many ways america is a place that we're kind of rebellious by nature we don't like being told what to do i mean it's, i mean if you think about the history of our country and and people that come here either as immigrants or or, or whatever so everything about <laughs> who we are is don't tell me what to do and then all of a sudden if you're telling me stay in your home you can't even go out and you know just go to the parks and and congregate and go to your churches and your synagogues and none of that and we don't know how to do it and and I think that's what we're really seeing and we really don't understand the nature of and I don't either I'm not an expert in this but infectious disease and something that if I touch something and then, you know, and, and I'm, I'm carrying this and then, you know, a little while later you touch that, you could get that. that we don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to us. And so I, I guess what I'm, I, I, you know, on social media we're seeing a lot of people that are really are getting beat up for just getting out and doing things. And I'm trying to have a little grace because I'm having difficulty wrapping my head around it too. So I, I can understand someone who is not used to being in their home for a week, two, three weeks. We can end up being here for eight or 12 weeks with their children, with their spouse, with, with other family members. We just don't know how to do that well, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm thinking from a, a real estate aspect and just overall, first of all, I, I applaud you for for even taking the steps to live that nomadic life. But as a, a fellow traveler, not in an RV, but just like for business or pleasure, I, I think it's really important to see the country. And many people do not. And so I would think with you traveling so much, you get a different viewpoint of how people are feeling. Because if you don't travel, you may think everyone's myopic and they, oh, everyone thinks like everyone in my neighborhood or on my street. And that's not typically the case. Yeah, and that, that's that's really powerful what you just said, and it's one of the things that I don't know that it was driving us as we as we kind of launched out and started started traveling, and 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 we kind of really started this lifestyle in 2013, so we're going on seven years, and one of the first things we felt that we were going to do at that time was we left the Atlanta metro area and we 
we drove cross country to visit some friends in Colorado and, and we drove. We didn't get in a plane. We drove. And one of the things that's extremely valuable for, for you that are that, that's listening is to just get in your vehicle and drive if you can. Now, there's some places that aren't too sexy, like West Texas, Kansas. I'm not saying anything negative about them, but after you've seen one, you know, a few miles of that, you've seen the next, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 miles. But it is just powerful just to get out and move around. And, you know, one of the things that I, I'm, I'm expecting of this and I'm hopeful of this, Hamza, is that coming out of this, this experience that we're all going through right now, that we will be less divisive. We will be more compassionate. We'll be more understanding for our fellow human, for our, our, our people. We won't be politically divided or really divided about almost anything that, that we see right now. Because when you get out and you travel, when, you, when we get outside of the cities that most of us live in and you just get outside it, say, an hour, the country is beautiful it's not crowded. We are not overcrowded. We're only overcrowded because we've chosen to be in the city you're in, the city I grew up in, the city I went to college in, Atlanta. There's 4 million people there. Now, fortunately, they're spreading out, but still, you know, get in, get in, drive out, go to the North Georgia mountains for the folks in the Atlanta area, you know, head to, uh, head, head to the, to the countryside. And then when you do, you're going to meet just there's beautiful people with big hearts all over the place. But I'll tell you, just getting out and talking to people and seeing people, I, I'll say it this way. This sounds kind of harsh, but I, I hope I hope it comes across well. It's hard to be a bigot and travel and go see people. Mm. In other words, it's hard to be narrow minded. And I know mm. that's a strong word and I apologize, but it's really hard to be that way. If you're out traveling and seeing people, seeing people doing great things, seeing people living sometimes a challenging life. And, and I just encourage people to do that. And maybe the times that we're in will, will call some people to change and just maybe stretch themselves a little bit more and get out of their comfort zones, like you said earlier. Sure. And to, to ask a topical question, you, you did mention uh, the different times in, in our near history where there's been these uh, correct, this wasn't even a correction, a disruption. So we'll use disruption, right? And so uh, if it were World War II, you know, our, our parents or grandparents, they saved more, right? And so for you traveling in an RV, uh, do you, it, since 2013, did you use, or do you usually stock up on necessities and such? So I guess the, the short question would be, were you in line with the other madness crowds looking for <laughs> toilet paper? <laughs> um, you know, not, not, I don't know what's going on with the toilet paper. That, that one still baffles me a little bit. Um, no, not really. What we did was, you know, we're just outside of the city, and I, I started seeing some things going on. It's real interesting. One month ago today, I was at a conference of podcasters. It was PodFest in Orlando, Florida, and I flew down there from Denver on a full flight, and it was a Southwest flight, and we spent time with 1,800 people. And then on Monday of the conference being over, um, my, uh, my engineer producer of my podcast and my web guy that happens to be my son and son-in-law, we went to Disney. We went to the, um, the Star Wars experience there with 
a bunch of other people. And then on Tuesday, we flew back, and there were 65 empty seats on Southwest flight. By the end of that week, Disney had closed, and my wife and I, we kind of looked at each other, and we said, okay, we, we saw some things coming. We didn't quite see this. We had kind of been getting an inkling of this because I'd been following some of what was happening, and she had flown to Berlin the end of January for some work that she does, and and came back and said, there's some interesting things going on in the world. So, so we, we, we did load up. We did go get a few canned goods that we typically don't have. But, you know, we're not driving around in our 39-foot RV with, you know, months and months of, of, of stuff because we just don't have the space. And as we've traveled, it's been really rare that we haven't been able to get whatever we need. So we're kind of in uncharted territory there also. Sure. And what you also highlighted both for you and your wife was the one of the benefits for traveling. And so the one I, I would share with you is because uh, it was near to me. I'm a little younger than you, but not much. But it was the dot-com era. And the reason why I knew about it probably before a lot of people was my one of my younger sisters she lived in San Fran at the time and they were having pink flip parties Do you, have you ever heard of those <laughs> I know what you're referring to and I could put the pieces together but that doesn't yeah, sound like yeah. fun <laughs> well it's, it, it's funny because since you're from from Atlanta that's why I wanted to tell you because when I was I was out there for the summer and they were having these pink flip parties and I they were like you want to go and I was like why because I'm from Atlanta you know <laughs> it wasn't that at all right it was like you were yeah. thinking like yeah pink slip but it, it was novel and they were still having like fifty thousand dollar ice sculptures and stuff this is at the beginning right of the summer yeah. but towards the end of the summer they just kept having more and more and you there was this feeling that had slowly crept over Silicon Valley like hey something's going to happen and you know you know the rest and I, I've seen that uh, in the dot-coms but I also saw that in the real estate in the mid-2000s it had happened on the West Coast first and then it came east and I was just wondering from a business aspect or what do you think about that as far as business cycles happening from the West Coast and migrating east well some Somewhat, yeah. I've got there, there's a few interesting stories. I, I was doing some consulting in the late '90s, early 2000s, and I had a partner at the time. And when we went into a company, we were actually in the Atlanta metro area at this time. And there was a company that they had gone through a fundraising round, and they had raised a fairly, to me, obscene amount of money. And we were working with them on strategy, strategic planning, and building their team and their leadership team, their executives. And and we went to this planning session with them, and they were going over their business model, and we both walked out of that session just scratching our heads, and both of us knew that we were in trouble from an economic standpoint. I'm talking about the economy, if this was the type thing that was being fed, and then – so that so we did see it a little bit in an area that's not the West Coast. Now I'm going to fast forward to 2007, 2008. We had coaching clients that were investing in real estate, building real estate investing companies like we were doing. And I remember this call vividly. I was on the line with a student that was in Las Vegas. And and the numbers aren't exact here, but I, I'll I'll use some numbers as an example. They we were going over transaction, and they said that there was a property that just hit the market in the Vegas metro area, and and I'll just say the price was two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and they said in the first twenty-four hours, 
there was an offer for 230, 235, and 240. And this student of mine asked, should I offer 245? And I, and I almost just remember just going, you know, a deep breath going, stop. Don't do anything. We're in trouble. Something's wrong. And, and that was when I started watching it and we were dealing with people in the Phoenix market. We had people on the West coast, but we were seeing it. I mean, so this is maybe going to blow your theory. We were seeing 25% year over year growth in Florida. We had a massive number of students in the Florida market. So, so I, I do think that there are pockets that hyperinflate quicker than others. And it does seem as if West Coast is part of that, but I'm not sure that I would want to make a doctrine out of it unless we could come up with a little bit more data. Is that okay? Does that is that diplomatic of me to say? It's it's great because that that leads me to my next question. So it would I, I want to talk about human nature, Tim, because we are human, right? And so you know when we're our, our Monday morning quarterbacking, looking back, it's great. It's 2020, but in human nature, when things are great, the, uh, it's a tendency to say it's always going to be great. And so the person that comes around, the voice of reason, they usually get pushed to the side because in the late 90s, oh, this will never happen. And, and this will never happen again. Or it's, it's too good to be true. Or the mid-2000s, same thing. Or even three months ago. You know, yet and still, uh, it, there's the cycle that happens, you know, either planned or not. And human nature does not seem, I'm part of it, <laughs> it doesn't seem like we ever learn from that. It, it seems as if the masses follow and they're attempting to follow, you know, I hate to say it like a Pollyanna or grandiose or everything's great because I also don't like to follow the the negative. You know, there there are people, there's a narrative that's being shared right now that a lot of this is fabricated and it's being overhyped and 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 listen, I, I have a background, I'm a follower of a Christ, follower of Christ and a lot of a lot of people and, and I might lean towards I don't I wouldn't lean towards conservative I'm I'm more of a libertarian. I like I like to kind of do my own thing. Obviously I live in an R V but there are some people right now that are that are stating things like, oh, this, you know, China invented this and spread it or the military. And and then they're also saying, you know, things like, oh, this is no more than the Spanish flu. It's not as bad as the regular flu. But but I guess here's my counter to that. There are actually people dying right now. There are actually people sick right now. And then here's my real counter to it that I guess is maybe addressing what you just brought up. There are real repercussions to all that's going on. We cannot, in a country like ours, in a first world country, shut the economy down or shut, we'll, we'll say, 70% of the economy down mm-hmm. for, for a weekend, much less 30, mm-hmm. 60, 90 days, maybe longer, and not have some real repercussions that are going to impact people in a very negative way. And, and so I guess to really answer your question, I saw something real interesting today that might, might 
bring it up. It was a review of the first quarter of 2020. It's funny that you brought up, you know, hindsight's 2020. And absolutely, we're in 2020 right now. So it is, it definitely is 2020. But I was, reve- I was reading a review of the first quarter, the January, February, March, where the end of first quarter, 2020. And, and it was real interesting. I was reading some stories, and this is going to date some things on this podcast, so I apologize. But it was early January that, that the, the current president issued um, – uh, a, a general in Iraq to be Iran, I'm sorry, Iran mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to be extinguished. And I remember seeing things on social media that all these people thought we were about to be going into world war three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that seems like it was 20 years ago <laughs> to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it was the end of January that, you know, uh, kind of an icon in the world of sports and entertainment, Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. passed away in a heli- in a helicopter. And that seems like a long time ago. And, and, and I guess I bring all that up in, in reference to the question you asked, that we really do ebb and flow based on the information that we're getting. And, and listen, if this were 20, 30, 40 years ago, let's say pre-internet, a lot of people listening are going, what is he talking about? <laughs> but, <laughs> I I am you know we can't guesstimate this but I'm really wondering if we would be in the situation we're in now we could have the sickness and illness but you know people have been moving around and try, flying and traveling and which makes it just ripe to carry a virus and mm-hmm. you know it just it just would have been different and and you know uh, I'm sure you study some things in economics and mm-hmm. I, I've always read about and heard about what we call a black swan event, something that is just so odd, so unique, so different that it is impossible to predict. And, right. and it, it is my belief that that is what we're seeing right now. This is a black swan event. And I am hopeful that for most of us, this will be the only one we experience in our lives because really it could pale, you know, the, the dot com. It could, pale in comparison to some of the other things we've seen. So sure. I'll give you a good example. In, 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 in 9-11, when mm-hmm. that occurred, Disney closed at noon that day. And they reopened on the 12th right around noon, I think, if I'm correct. Or, but they opened the next day. Now they had wow. extra security and those things. Well, I told you, I was at Disney about a month ago, and yeah. they closed down around that first – long weekend in March, maybe the second week, and they have currently announced, we're recording this 1st of April, that they are closed indefinitely. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, and now that's unheard of. It, it is, and, uh, and uh, I will say that um, just a little bit about me, since uh, we talked a little bit about it before we started the podcast, that uh, and it's 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 really not fair for me to even say it now, but I, I was working with a company that did the type of research or did the type of design. So we were a design and engineering firm, and so we prior to 9/11, we were speaking with clients about you know trying to design this building at CDC and such. And it wasn't if 9/11 happens, but when. Right, and so we know what happens after 9/11 and all that. So, fast forward after that, there was discussion because uh, we were looking at two things. Um, one was 
after 9-11, the market was so bad that a lot of our private work went away. And public work, meaning universities and such, they didn't have money to build a new research facility. And so the way they were able to fund it was through tobacco settlements. And so we were like, oh, okay, well, what was once cool is no longer cool. It's dangerous for your health, i.e. tobacco. We were looking at uh, uh, cell phone or telecommunication settlements in the possible future. This is around 0405. We also were looking at 1918, and we were like, well, what if this happens again? It's too far in the future. Not that we had a crystal ball or any of that by any stretch, but what do we do as far as a response? And so uh, fast forward until, like, I think it was 2017 or 2018, a lot of those funding, public funding for cases like this went away because we're like, it was 100 years ago. It'll it'll never happen. And so on one instance, you have people, of course, arm uh, 2020 armchair quarterbacking on Monday saying, how dare you guys take away that money? But (laughs) the mindset of 2017, 2018, was it 2020 that it would ever happen? So, you know, it's that human nature again. Well, it, it's it, what you really, the word that popped to mind while you were saying that is there's a complacency that occurs. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think we've even seen it even in the real estate market. I've seen some indicators of things. Now, we, we're not seeing it in the, the mortgage-backed securities that we saw in 06, 07, you know, leading up to to that. But, but we have seen just people – seem to forget we really don't have good memories or selective or we have confirmation bias that we think we're invincible and nothing wrong can happen. I mean, there, there's a lot of smart people in this world and I am sure that there are people, in fact, I had heard that there was a report circulating from like 2010 from uh, might've been the Rockefeller foundation or something like that, that they had, they had gone through what would happen if there was some form of a pandemic that shut down markets, that shut down travel, and and it was very, it was a, it, it was prophetic in the way it spoke about the the environment that we're in. Did it did it speak to everything that's going on? No, but it it was something that if we were looking for that, and listen, I, I have no doubts that there are reports out there now of people that are saying things that if if you and I were to look at it, read it, and evaluate, we'd say that's crazy. But 10, 20, 30 years from now, you know, I mean, uh, I'll give you a funny one. Maybe we can kind of lighten this a little bit. Sure, sure, of course. I read, I read an article this morning where Lyft, the, uh, their, their driverless cars, they've now crossed the 100,000 Lyft rides without a driver. And, mm. and, you know, I'm old enough to remember the Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the machines taking over and, you know, it, and, and, and to me, that sounds like the machines are starting to take over. And, you know, that sounds funny to us, but, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the world of AI. We're moving into the world where 5G is going to allow, you know, the latency to drop and, and, you know, driverless trucks, driverless. I mean, what if we were all sitting quarantined right now, but the commerce continued in our country because we had a driverless trucking system, a driverless vehicle system moving around? That would be oh, interesting, absolutely. wouldn't it? Uh, oh, absolutely. That kind of leads, that's a good segue for the next question because, you know, in 2013, you decided to get in the RV and reinvent yourself, right? And there are some others that in 2020 still are reliving 
this uh, 2007, 2009, 2010, and they haven't moved from it. And so there is a, a percentage that you could say that will not be able to move from what's currently happening. Uh, we can call it PTSD or anything else. What, what does it take for a person like Tim Winders to be resilient, reinvent themselves, uh, wipe, wipe off the, the dust from falling down, and keep it keep going on? Well, that's a that's a great question. There's a it's, there's a lot to that. First of all, you brought up PTSD. I, I want to bring up something. We went to a store. It might have been last week, and I hadn't been to any of the grocery stores. My wife had popped in a few just to pick up a few things. And as we were walking around, I just made the comment when we left. I said, you know, people are they're, they're kind of in a zombie-like state, and and they're just kind of walking around. And I said, it's almost like people have PTSD. And my son, who also lives in an RV, was with us. He said, you know, it's actually not post-traumatic syndrome. It's mid. He said it's MTSD. We're like still in the middle of it. We haven't gotten through it yet. So that was an interesting observation. But, but I do want to say that I, I think most people that make major change like we did in 2013, there's one of two ways that, is, that it occurs. Either they make a very focused, intentional decision to change, or there's an outside catalytic event that forces it. And for us, it was, and I'm a coach, I'm a guy that I works with people, and I help them change, and I've you know, made changes in my life, but, but that event in 2013, it was an outside catalytic event. We, we lost our home. We, we went through financial collapse. We had very few, if any, dollars coming in. All clients' work that I thought I could do had dried up. And so at that point, we weren't in a position. We didn't get an RV and all. We just traveled in our Honda van with 300,000 miles visiting friends. And this is a story you may not even be aware of. We actually began house-sitting. We kind of stumbled upon house-sitting where we would live in people's homes, watch their homes, watch their pets. They would travel and go away for, you know, two weeks, a month or longer. And we did that all over North America. We also did that in Australia and New Zealand for a few years before we, we decided to do the RV lifestyle, which we've been doing that now for right at a year and a half, two years. So, so, but what that does bring up, and maybe I, I, I want to make sure we're not doom and gloom with everything we say here, is that until some type of change like that occurs, we aren't even aware of some opportunities that are out there. Because what I just brought up, house sitting, I mean, you may be scratching your head right now. Someone's listening going, what is he talking about? I never knew it existed. And, but we would go. And we spent three months on the South Island of New Zealand watching an outdoor cat in a nice home that we were able to explore all over New Zealand while we were there for three months. So we were able to experience the local culture and and do some things there and live. And we were starting to try to get some of our work going again. We did the same thing in Australia and we did it all over the U.S. because it's just and that's just something that you I never knew it existed except we were forced into doing something creative, doing something different. And then, and so what that led to, to kind of get to the question of the RV, is that 
we actually attended a Bible school in the mountains of Colorado for a few years. And then when we finished that up, my wife just kind of, you know, we're actually spending some time in prayer. And she said, you know, I think we're supposed to travel again and be mobile. Now, this is a year and a half, two years ago. Tell me if that wasn't significant in light of all that we're doing now because we are we may be living the ultimate social distancing lifestyle right now right a a word that we never knew existed 30 (laughs) days ago 60 days ago and we are we are in our home but that we can control everything that's inside it but yet it's on wheels and we can move we can be mobile we can be here where our daughter daughter just had our first grand uh, grandchild, and and then if we, you know, if we, if things start moving around, we would like to make work our way east and visit some family in the Atlanta area. So, so she just said that, and you know, I joke at the time. I say, you know, I don't even know if I could spell RV. I don't know hmm. anything about it. So we watched a few YouTube videos and and made an offer. We were in Colorado at the time. We made an offer on one in Florida, kind of sight unseen. Went down there and bought an, uh, a used, a few years old RV and got it, gutted it, put our offices in. And and then uh, a year ago, right around the first of the year 2019, moved in full time into our RV and just started traveling. So, wow. you, you know, I, I say all that to say we had a catalytic event that has forced that on us mm-hmm. but because of because of my beliefs and you know and a creator and a loving father and just my spiritual belief i am pretty convinced that that his hand was involved with that mm-hmm. because again where we are now we have you know unlike in 08 where we had massive debt structure with all of our businesses. We had massive overhead. We have none of that right now. I mean, we literally can live off almost nothing. And I think, you know, we, if, if you want to get into some real pointers and tips for people in this times we might be about to see, one of the biggest things is not operating with debt, having extremely low overhead, cutting costs wherever you can, and just preparing because this could get interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, what you're saying is, is it, thank you for that. Thank you for that answer because it, it speaks to the resilience. It made me think of Google because before the dot-com bubble burst, no one really knew that company. And because all the other companies went bankrupt, they were able to buy so much fiber optics that they're Google today. And then in 08, uh, a company called Airbnb didn't exist, you know, and it was because of, like you said, those changes. And what you just pointed to is that there's changes on the horizon. And since you're a religious guy, I'm sure you've heard this story. Uh, it was introduced to me when uh, when they had the, the the hurricanes in New Orleans about the guy on the on the roof, and that has flooded all around his house. And the boat came by to get him. He's like, No, I'm good. God's got me. And then they were like, <laughs> Okay. Then the helicopter comes, he's like, no, I'm good, God's got me. (laughs) So he dies, and he's like, God, what happened? He's like, where do you think the boat and the helicopter came from? So, yeah, I guess we got to pay attention to the signs for sure. Yeah, and, you know, we we have our paradigms that we think things should be a certain way, Mm. and – and, you know, I have a background. I'm an engineer, so I'm a practical, you know, I used to be a, if I don't, if I can't see it, I don't believe it type, type guy. But, but I'll just tell you, there, there are things that are going to be going on for those people that are in tune with it, for those people that are, be, we're being flexible, for those people that, 
you know, I'll just go and say that they have, have a belief that there's, you know, a higher power, a higher authority that, that, uh, that I don't believe brought this on. You know, I believe that there is evil in this world. And I think this is, you know, any type of infection that's killing people, that's evil. That's not good. I don't, I don't see how anyone can say there's good in that, but, but I also just have this belief that, that my heavenly Father, that's heavenly Father to 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 us, is 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 doing something that we can't quite grasp, and I just want to be flexible and allow that to happen, and not get so stressed out and saying it better be this way, and even so much. I mean, listen, I, I, we've been extremely successful financially, and we've been extremely what a lot of people would say unsuccessful financially. And I've just gotten somewhat indifferent about money even because I used to think that my life ebbed and flowed and you could look at me as a success based on my bank account. And, and I'm, I'm saying now even the bank account is healthy that it's, it's kind of irrelevant with all that's going on because, because it's, it's neither here nor there. And it could be very fleeting. And and I know that doesn't mean a lot to maybe some people who, as they're listening, may not be able to pay their rent or bills or something like that. But I, I've I've been in that situation, and it'll be okay. This will pass. It, it'll it'll be okay. Absolutely. What my takeaway from you being with your wife at that time, where that revelation came about the RV, was uh, in that moment of silence, maybe. And so uh, there has been some level of social distancing just because of the reliance of the phone or, you know, we're working 80 hours a week, you know, huge generalizations. But there are a lot of people at home right now that have so much time on their hand, they're used to being a human doing, not a human being. And maybe, you know, from a, a, a sky's not all cloudy, that this is a chance for a reset to, as you were saying, learn that, you can't think it better be this way or it's just going to be a challenge fighting that moving forward. Yeah. And, and I'll, uh, and this is, and maybe this gets a little bit preachy, but that's okay. If you think about it, we were so busy. We really weren't able to, like you said, pause, think, reflect, you know, meditation is, is something that's extremely popular now. And if you think about it, meditation shouldn't be that big of a deal the only reason it's a big deal right now is because we are always so busy we have to force ourselves to have 10 minutes to sit and breathe quietly without a device attached to us. So, and I'm not, I'm not belittling meditation. I do that also, but I think you understand what I mean by that. So now all of a sudden, let's, let's recap here. We are in, a, in an environment where we have no sports. We essentially have no entertainment, no movies and and there's no movies, TV shows. I read a list earlier today of all the movies that are postponed. We have no uh, – uh, the education systems have been closed down. You know, the university systems, the schools. Really, government is doing the best they can, but in many ways we're seeing how ineffective they are. And we don't even have our churches which, you know, in, in many ways some people would say, oh, you sound like you might be religious. I actually – and the opposite of religious, I'm about a personal relationship with a creator. And really, we are being forced now, Hamza. We, we are having no choice at all 
other than to be still, to be quiet, to think, meditate, pray, whatever, whatever term that one wants to use. And to me, that is going to connect so many people with divine inspiration, with, with things. Or, there are going to be inventions that come out of this that we can't even imagine. I read something recently that Shakespeare wrote King Lear during the bubonic plague. <laughs> because he couldn't leave, they couldn't have the theater, and he wrote one of his masterpieces during a plague. I truly believe that that is what we're going to see during this time. There are people right now that are listening into this that they have a book in them, they have a business idea, they have a something that's clever and creative that the world doesn't even know about. And they're the only person that can bring it forth. And if they weren't quiet and listening right now, they wouldn't even be able to do it. Sorry, I, that, that got a little preachy, but I, I get excited about that stuff because I, <laughs> that's, the, that's looking at what I think will come of this. And I just want to encourage people that those are the things that will come from this adversity, this, this time that seems so ugly and so depressing it's, there's going to be some incredible things come from this. Here, 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 here. And uh, I, I do want to stop on that note because, I mean, that's a great way to end it. But I do have one other question because you were talking about one of your tips was not having any operating debt. And I'm sure there are many other tips. So I wanted to know if you were journaling your process slash progress of the RV lifestyle. You know, we are. That's a public I, I do consumption. Journal. Okay. Is that for public I, I do consumption? Journal. It's really not necessarily. Okay. I actually, on some of my socials and, and some of the things I do with our podcast, in fact, as we're recording this on later this week, which I think, I don't know what today is, I'll be releasing a podcast episode that is a review of our 2019 year in the RV about where we traveled. And I think I share exactly how much it cost, our budget, and, and everything, you know, the pros, the cons, what we liked about it, what we didn't like in our first full year of RVing. So that might be a good resource for people without going into detail here. But, uh, but, but as far as actually journaling it, no. We actually discussed having a YouTube channel and doing that, and what we just decided was is that we were just going to live it and enjoy it and not try to necessarily share it, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. It does. I think you probably were thinking that it, you, you're reminded that the camera's on, so you may <laughs> filter somewhat, right, the real experience. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a fine line between enjoying the journey and uh, and being a celebrity and having to share the journey and doing certain things just for that sake. And I'm not faulting people that do that. We've enjoyed that. We've watched people do that. But but we we really needed to you know continue doing some healing ourselves just from you know all that we've been through. And this has really been a lot of it, we we use a term it nourishes our soul to just travel and there's some parts of the country when we drive into it we just go ooh that just nourishes our soul and and some some places not as much we we're from the south so we like green we like trees we like you know we like those those things and so so we really are just out trying to nourish our souls because it's really difficult to give and minister from a soul that's not nourished itself. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point. And with the, the year in review 2019 of living in an RV, you said that's on your podcast. So if you can highlight your podcast so people can learn more about it, your website, so if people want to reach out to you, that would be great. Sure, yeah. The, it's seek, go, create. Those three words, seek, go, create, cram together, no spaces or anything. And you could search on Apple, Spotify, any of the platforms that have – that have your podcast, or you can go to our website, which is seekgocreate.com, and we'd love to have people listen in. It's, it's primarily in the entrepreneur space. I share a lot of business and coaching, but it definitely has a spiritual tone because I'm a minister and also some aspect of our nomad lifestyle and having a lot of fun with it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying talking with you on a podcast. I love podcasts. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Speaking to the choir here and for the audience. So, yes, yeah, thank you for that, Tim. Uh-huh. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. Tim, it was a pleasure during these uncertain times. Let's stay in touch because I'm sure you, you will continue to have a story to tell. You have a book on you, in you. So let's, let's definitely keep the communication going. Absolutely, yes. As, I'm, as we work our way east, if we're able to do that, we can uh, maybe visit, visit when I'm coming through the Atlanta area. I look, I look forward to it. Thank you for your time.